we are going to get into the word now. Um, Died normally would be here uh, preaching. Uh, she has been a little bit unwell, but she's on the mend. She'll be back next week. And I'm going to pray and we're just going to jump into the word. So, Father, we thank you. And it is always a privilege and just humbling to come before your people and give them what you have placed on uh, my heart and what you're saying, Holy Spirit. So I pray that you will speak directly, speak clearly to everyone that is listening and everyone that is listening, Lord, give them ears to hear as a disciple. Uh, and as one who follows you, follows truth and wants to be used by you as a disciple in Jesus name. Amen. Um, this is exciting because I think in this new year, I'm so looking forward to God doing so much. Uh, of course, we went through a hard year in 2020, but 2021, we don't know what it's going to bring. However, you know, with the messages that we've been hearing, uh, especially that last one, I mean, you know, suffering is just a part of life, but we have to toughen up. And these things that are being preached and spoken is really edifying to our spirit. And I really want to challenge all of us really quickly. Go back to the podcast, sit and listen, you know, don't let the fatigue of the flesh get in the way and really stop you from hearing what God is saying. We are in this. You know, and the church <clears throat> is in this. We are the church. And uh, it's really been exciting for me. And even in my heart, what God has really been showing me and really talking to me about the church and the way we really should see church, uh, because it is so important for us to get not the concept of what church should look like, but the heart of what church should be like. And that is the important thing. Uh, I truly believe, I mean, we can all sit and talk about the American church, the Australian church, just the Western church and a lot of the structure and the systems that have been in place. Uh, but I really believe that the church, the body is really on the precipice of, of, of a drastic change and, and truth really coming in and removing all of the unnecessary things that has been tagged onto church and uh, some of the things that have kind of removed or shifted our focus is coming back into alignment according to this word and according to what the truth says about the church, about us and how we should how we should see one another and how the world should see us. And I truly believe that the church is going to be an incredible light to the society that we live in, standing on one thing standing on a real foundation on the reality of what truth really is. And that is our word. That is what we have. So as we <clears throat> talk today, I want us to go to one Corinthians It's two passages of scripture that I want to bring together and really give us an understanding as to the way we should really see church really simple. One Corinthians uh, chapter three, I'm going to start at the first verse. Uh, and as I've read this, it really goes through the whole chapter. I mean, when we talk about reading the scripture, we always want to keep it within the context. Um, so I would encourage you guys read the whole chapter, read the whole book. You know, we have to really get the truth in us. Uh, but then I'll flip to another passage of scripture in a second. So I won't be able to get through this whole chapter because I know I kind of know where I'll end up stopping and just really uh, expounding on. Uh, but let's start 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. This is what it says. 
But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ, I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not ready for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behave only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. Now, I kind of want to stop there because I want us to get the picture of what's happening. Obviously, in this chapter, Paul is addressing the division that has happened in the church of Corinth. And he's talking about these. I mean, he spells it out. It's pretty easy to see the people in Corinth. The church is actually divided because one group of people is saying, oh, we follow Apollos. And another group is saying we follow Paul. And in my imagination, it's like I can see the group or these two groups kind of given their reasons as to why. Oh, we follow Apollos because, I mean, he is so astute. He's, you know, he he says his words with so much emotion and his teaching is unparalleled and he's so charismatic and we love the way he goes. This is the man I follow. He is the one we follow while the other group who follows Paul is saying, oh, please, Apollo's educated. You want to talk about educated. I mean, when Paul is not trying to be eloquent, he's eloquent because of his education. How can you push aside who this man is? You know, we follow Paul and Paul is addressing this because this is getting back to him where he is right now. It's getting back to him. So it must be pretty huge that these people have put Apollos and Paul in such a platform or on such a a podium that they're divided. And Paul's bringing them back and saying, look, what is Apollos? And when I read that, I found that amusing because (laughs) He didn't say who. He said, what? What is Apollos? What is Paul? Like, are you guys kidding me? He's talking about himself. Are you kidding me? What are we in this whole situation? And then he goes to tell them, servants, through whom you believed. So it's not that you believed us. We're the vessels To lead you to who you believe. And on top of that, it's the Lord who has assigned to each. So the truth be told, we're nothing. Why are you making a big deal out of the people that you seem to be so drawn to because of what they give or really the way they deliver? Whereas the truth is about what you've been given, which is the word of God, which is the gospel and which is who you believe. So why make it a big deal about who's giving it to you more than the big deal, which is you trust God. You've actually been 
changed on the inside. Your heart has been gone from darkness to light. Guys, let's not get this twisted. We're servants. We are here so that you would believe in the one who you do believe, which is our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's it's him that has assigned us. So as we read further, Paul keeps writing. He says, I planted Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So and, and then it says, so neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. And I thought about that. And it's like, okay, if I'm making a big deal out of the people like like we see here, which we do see in our culture, we see in our Western church, we see so much is made, you know, of those who are behind the pulpits, the leaders, you know, that's what they're doing here. They're making a big deal out of Apollos. They're making a big deal out of Paul. But Paul brings it all the way down and paints the picture of him planting and Apollos watering. So think about that because I did. And I I said to myself, wow, that's like me going up to someone as they're planting and saying, oh, man, the way you move around the soil, the way you, you know, you're, you're, you're on your knees and you're digging up the soil and you put the plant in there and you put the soil back down. Oh, can you teach me how to do that? You, you do that with so much charisma. Or, or if you're looking at Apollos who's watering, wow, the way you hold the hose is just amazing. You know, the water coming off and hitting the plant. That, that is fascinating. Please tell me when you're doing a class. I want to learn how to water. Guys, seriously, this, this, is, this is what Paul is saying. I plant Apollo's waters. That's beautiful. That, 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 that's fine. But why are we making a big deal out of that? What we should be looking at is the one who gives the increase. Because when you look at a plant from its beginning stages and you come back and you see how that plant is grown, that is when it is amazing. That's when you look and say, wow, look at what has happened to the plant. Gosh, that's incredible. Because that that's, that's the fascination right there. You've seen something grow and increase over time Yes, the planting is important, the watering is important, but it is God who gets the glory because it is him who gives the increase. So the glory is not in the planting and the watering. The glory is in the growth. That's where we should be excited. And yeah, we continue to read. It says, he who plants and he who waters are one. And Paul mentions this. Each will receive his wages according to his labor. So let's not get it twisted. The ones that labor, they're going to get what is rightfully theirs. They're going to get their reward. But their reward is not being praised or is not being seen and being positioned into a place that they don't belong. Because we see what this church has done. They've positioned Apollo's. And Paul to the point that it has brought division. 
in the church. And Paul's bringing him back to that place. Guys, this is not what it's about. It is about the growth of you. And Paul continues in that passage. He says, for we are God's fellow workers, but you are God's field. You are God's building. It makes me think of the thought, and, and, and I have this imagination, it's always just, I don't know, going. But I, I quickly imagine, you know, people working on a building. Is that really a draw that you would want to go to a building when it's being worked on and just sit around and having your lunch and having some popcorn and just being entertained by people who are wearing hard hats, putting the steel in the ground and saying, oh, man, look, look how that just happened. That was incredible. I mean, try YouTubing that and see if it goes viral. Because my guess would be that it probably won't. That's the boring part. That's the part that is not exciting. And I'm sure workers would tell you that. No one goes to a building unfinished unless you're heavily involved and says, oh, man, I love this. I love the way the workers are working. No. But I can tell you this. Once a building is built and it is up in the sky and it looks amazing. That's the attraction. It made me think about the Empire State Building, which is a wonder of the world. And, you know, as I thought about it, it's like, wow, how many people would know if you just asked on the street, hey, do you know who built the Empire State Building? Probably most people won't be able to tell you the name or even the company. They might have to just Google it. But if you ask, hey, guys, can you tell me where the Empire State Building is? Probably most of those people will say, oh, it's in New York. Because when you think about it, the goal for the builders was to build something so incredible that it would draw people to it. And that's just what is done. People go and visit New York just for things like the Empire State Building. And they don't see a name going across the building and the people's, you know, the family or where they come from. Now, I'm sure you visit the building, you'll, you'll get all that information as far as this, its history, but you don't see that plastered across the building. No, you see a magnificent building that was built at a certain time that still stands tall and it still brings tourists. It houses jobs. It was built for the city, for people, for the economy. It was built so that people would be drawn to it. And when we read this scripture, Paul is pointing out, you are God's building. It's about the growth in you. That's where the glory is. The planting is important. The watering is important. But it is never to be replaced or put in the position where this church has done with Apollos and Paul. That is to never happen. That is not how we are meant to see church. We are not meant to see the leaders in the position where, oh, I follow them. 
or I like them because they give this off and they give that off and I like the charisma. I like the way they draw me emotionally. This is who they are because it takes away from what the glory should be about, which is the increase, which is the growth in us, which is the growth in your people, in the people of God, which is all of us. But when it comes to the people who are watering, who are planting, they're doing it because it is in their heart to build the people, to build the ministry in the people. God gave the gifts, but he gave it for the equipping of the people, for the work of the ministry that is in you. That is what it's about. We are the servants. And when I say we, let me clarify. When I, when I talk about we, I talk about... <clears throat> The people that do the pastoring, the people like Brahmandai, the people even like myself, people that are, you know, called even when it comes to preaching in the pulpit, even the ascension gifts, those people that carry it. We are here to make sure that we are planting and watering so that you will get the increase. There's no glory in the work. There's a reward that God gives and nothing can match that. But when it comes to us being put on a pedestal or on these platforms that draw away from what God is doing, it creates division. And that is not how we are meant to see the church. The glory is in the growth. So I'll end with this. And this is the question that I want to leave us with. How do we measure that growth? Well, let's flip over really quickly to John chapter 13. And we're going to quickly read starting at the verse, starting at verse 12. And this is what it says. This is Jesus talking. And it says this, when he had washed their feet, Jesus, when Jesus had washed the disciples' feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done for you or done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, I say to you, a servant, servant, is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I thought about this passage. And when you go up earlier into the chapter, it talks about Jesus knowing everything that is about to happen. What does he do? He lowers himself. He removes his outer garments. He has a towel. He has a basin and he washes the disciples feet. And again, with my imagination, I just said, okay, Think about this. Close your eyes and think about you being brought into this space and seeing what is happening. You see all the people sitting around in chairs and you see their feet out and you see one person going around and washing their feet. 
What are you going to think? If I'm coming into that room, I'm thinking, oh, who are these people? These people must be dignitaries. They must be of, of, of a great status. They must have great positions in life. And, and, and the person washing the feet, I'm, I'm really hardly paying attention to them because they're doing the washing. And, and let's just be honest. I mean, really, who, who goes into a home and has, you know, on, on a night that a, a gala is happening or a big deal and you have a housekeeper there or a butler or servants or who, who goes into a home and, you know, goes off with the housekeeper just to have an amazing conversation? Who does that? Because the draw are the ones who are being served. The draw are the ones who would have a status, would have something about them. And we associate that just in our society based on who's serving them. So in coming back into this passage, if you go into that room and you see all of the disciples who you don't know with their feet being washed by one person going around, you're going to think, man, these people must be of great stature. But if you stay a little longer and once the person who has washed their feet stands up, puts his clothing back on and says, you all call me Lord and teacher and rightfully so because I am. And then begins to continue to talk. But all of a sudden you're you're out of the presence of that whole scene and you're back to where you were. And a friend comes up to you and asks what are, you, what are you thinking about? What's, what's going on? Because I know if that's me and I've been now cut off the conversation, I'm going to think in my mind, man, I'm, I'm confused right now because the person who was washing the feet of those that were just sitting there actually stood up and said, you guys call me Lord and teacher and rightfully so. I can't get my head around this. I, I didn't hear the rest of it. How could he be the Lord and teacher and he's the one doing the washing? How incredible is that, guys? The church we're used to is so culturally accepted and society driven that we're used to seeing it in a way that the leader or those who have and should have stature are the ones being served. When, when we read this, that is not the example that Jesus said. He could have easily said, like Peter ran to him, oh, you will never wash my feet. I should be the one washing yours. How dare you? Jesus said, no, if I don't do this, you don't have a part with me. You can't share in what I have. The kingdom, which is the church in the earth, and it should be the kingdom of God, has to look incredibly different to what this world looks like. Because Jesus gives us the example of how we should treat one another, serve one another, disciple one another. He didn't tell them to do this. He showed them. And when he stood up and said, you call me Lord and teacher, and you're right in doing this. But what I have done is given you the example 
of how to lead others. Sure, you'll be called apostles. Sure, you'll be recognized as people who will want to be, people will naturally want to lift you up. But that is not the case when it comes to my kingdom. You guys will be the servants because the servant is not greater than his master. And as your master, what have I done? I've shown you how to serve. I've gone to the lowest, to the bottom of the barrel, and I've washed the lowest part of the human being, which is the feet. And I've done that for every single one of you. Not because I don't have anything better to do, but I want to give you the example of how we lead and how we disciple. We are not to be seen and not to be put on pedestals and be seen in this glorious light because that is not what it's about. The church is not about that. God gets the glory in the growth of his people. And that, that growth, like I just asked before I read that passage of scripture, that growth is not to be seen in a numerical sense. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, I have a building, have as many members. That's fine. But that's not the growth that God is talking about. The growth that we see when it comes to glorifying God, the glory being in the growth, that growth is about character. That's the kind of growth, that is the type of increase that God gets the glory from. The character of the people. Because you can have 200,000 people in a building, but none of them have character. None of them can show that their character has grown and gone from one place to the next. None of them have the maturity that is needed to carry on in life, to carry on in the things that we have to face. That life brings us all. But you can have 10 people in a space and all of them show incredible, amazing character. Because at the end, what Jesus is saying and who he is ministering to are the disciples in that moment. And if he can get it in them, surely, just like he says, if you see this, then you ought to be doing the same. This is the example, guys. This is the example. The people being glorified and God actually getting the glory out of the growth in his people. And that glory or that growth is measured in the character of all of us. When you look at this word that we read constantly, and if you go back to Corinthians, Corinthians, the church of Corinth would have been, you ask the scholars who have dug very deep into this, it would have been a range of 40 to about 120 people. And who knows, they could have had a building. But some say it may have been a rented dining hall space. Some say it may have been in a garden somewhere. The point is the church is about the people. And it is about God getting glory in the increase and the growth of his people. And that growth is in their character. So what 
Die has been preaching what this message is about, where we're going. It has to be about our character. The word will multiply. The disciples will multiply. But our focus and what and how we see church has to be about the about God getting the glory in the growth of his people. Workers are important, but they are never to be put in the place of where God solely stands because that brings division. And we start picking and choosing favorites. Whereas the truth is that we plant, we water, but God gives the increase. And that is what we should be happy about. That is what we should be joyous about. That is what we should be excited about. Because it is in life, through these things that we go through, through the sufferings of life, through the ups and downs of life, through all of the testings and the pruning that God does in us. Yes, it doesn't always feel good to the flesh, but it is awakening our spirit. It is building our character and it is making us the disciples that we are meant to be. And it is making the church what it is meant to be. So when the world looks at us, they don't see a trend. They don't get encapsulated by an emotional feeling because once that emotion is gone, they can stand strong on this truth because their character has grown. And that is what the church is about. Guys, be encouraged, be strong, and let's stand on this word together. Can't wait to see you guys February 7th. Can't wait to see you guys in our house gatherings. And we can't wait to just be with one another. Let's go out and worship. And you guys have an amazing day. Love you guys.